Alexander Badgett, and you're listening to The Bankster Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the fascinating and the ever more consequential world of central banking. Now, two members of the FOMC gave very similar speeches last week. And what was their message? Well, basically, in preparation for the next economic downturn, we need to define the expansion of tools that a central bank has in order to combat and even prevent the downturns worsening. On today's short episode, I'll give a brief summary of the ideas shared by Charlie Evans, president of the Chicago Federal Reserve, and John Williams, president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. After the summary of their comments, I will outline the policy tools used during the Great Recession by the Federal Reserve. Okay, now the basic argument behind the need to clarify and define the policy tools the central bank will use goes something like this. The Fed won't be able to raise interest rates as high as they were before the crisis. Remember that we're in a rising rate environment right now with the Fed raising interest rates every few months, every few months. In 2006, the federal funds rate peaked at 5.25%, so five and a quarter percent. But the most recent projections from the Fed's dot plot show most participants currently believe that the long-run Fed funds rate will settle around just 3%, so a little over half of what it used to be. So remember, that the well-established monetary policy tool that central banks use is a direct influence over the short-term federal funds interest rate. The more dire the economic situation, the more the Fed will lower the interest rates. When the next crisis comes, instead of being able to lower the Fed funds rate from five and a quarter percent down to zero, they'll only be able to drop it from three percent down to zero. That's kind of like only being able to punch the bad guy half as hard as we did before. At the next financial crisis, the Fed will almost certainly lower the federal funds rate much quicker and will reach what economists call the lower zero bound much sooner. When this happens, the Fed will have to turn to, quote, unconventional policy tools, close quote. What President Evans and Williams argued in their speeches last week is that in order to be prepared for the next crisis, the Fed needs to outline, research, and define the policy tools that they will use after hitting the lower zero bound of short-term interest rates. So in the spirit of preparation for the upcoming, hopefully not for many years, financial crisis, let's review the policy tools that the Federal Reserve has or could use. We start with the ones that they used during the Great Recession, and then I'll describe just a few others that have been proposed by academics within and outside of the Fed that have not or were not used by the Fed during the Great Recession. So the first one is the one I've already mentioned. It's the most basic, the most common used around the world in all central banks, and that is to lower the target range of the federal funds rate. Uh, which is, or to lower the uh, interbank lending market, which is very short-term loans. They're very safe, so the interest rates are, are, are very low. So the first thing the Fed will do when the next crisis comes is they will begin to lower that interest rate. The next policy, number two, is to buy bonds. 
Okay. Now this, uh, there's kind of four different quadrants uh, in my thinking of the central bank buying bonds. And in the, in along one axis is short term and long term. So there's short term debt, meaning, you know, anything within a year. So uh, three months, six month, one year debt up to longer term, the two, five, 10, uh, 20, even 30 year. So we have the short term and we have the long term. Along the other axis, we have government debt on one side and other debt on the other side. So uh, you could have short term government debt and you could have long term government debt. And the Fed did this during the crisis. They bought a lot of both short term and longer term uh, U.S. government uh, treasury treasuries. The Fed also purchased a large quantity of other types of bonds, the most significant of which during the crisis was mortgage-backed securities. It's kind of where a lot of the problems in the markets were at because of the subprime mortgage uh, crisis. And so the Fed was uh, purchasing a lot in the mortgage-backed securities market. So that would go under the other debt category. Now, in the short and long term, the Fed can decide how much or what portion of the debt that they're purchasing they want to be short term and what portion they want to be long term. Uh, For those of you that remember uh, back to Operation Twist, that was something that the Fed did to that was changing the maturity of the debt that the Fed already owned. So what they would do is when a three-month treasury would, uh, would mature, instead of going out and buying another three-month treasury to basically just replace it, they would go out and buy a 30-year treasury, which is just government debt. So they would switch from that short term to the long term. So they have... so. The Fed and, and central banks in general have quite a few auction, options as far as the the purchase, the large purchase of uh, of bonds. Um, this was famously known as quantitative easing. So that's number two. Number three is the Fed could come up with more lending facilities. Okay, so these are lending facilities created for often specific. Originally, they were for specific institutions. Now, since Dodd-Frank, uh, these any new lending facilities have to be accessible by at least five institutions, but they can target maybe the money market uh, mutual funds. The Fed did some like that. They could target uh, any different type of, of market, the, the corporate, uh, corporate paper market is another example. So the Fed could provide this opportunity to extend loans to different sectors of the financial economy. And on my website, I've created a, a really great chart that lists out all of the lending facilities that the Fed used during the crisis. Uh, so you'll be able to see that at uh, thebanksterpodcast.com. Uh, so that's number three. They could create extra lending of facilities, which is just trying to get money, trying to get the markets flowing in different sectors. Number four is forward guidance. Now, this will become very, very important. Uh, It's one of the more powerful tools that the Fed has 
taken over the last decade or so. Uh, And remember that forward guidance is the communication about upcoming policies. So you could imagine it's one thing to lower interest rates all the way down to zero, but it's another thing to then say and publish and and talk about uh, the Fed will keep interest rates at zero for, and then they could say for the next two years, or they could say, we're going to keep interest rates at zero until inflation hits 2% and unemployment hits 5%. Uh, So there's a number of different options that they have. But forward guidance just means that there is actual power in talking about what you're going to do in the future. Number five, uh, and these... This one and the next one are two that uh, that the Fed has not done. Uh, but uh, number five is a new inflation target or price targeting. I won't get too much into it right now, uh, but they could change from a what appears right now to be a two percent inflation target ceiling. They could uh, explicitly come out and say we want a two percent inflation. Uh, average, meaning since if inflation has been below 2% for a couple of years, then they'll let it run above 2% for a couple of years so that on the average, the in- inflation rate is at 2%. So that's one option uh, that they could have, uh, another policy tool. And then finally, the sixth one is negative interest rates. This has been... Uh, tried in a in a few countries around the world, but uh, the outcomes are, are still being researched and investigated. And so those are the six major policy tools that have been or could be used in the next financial crisis. It's important to point out that not all of these have been well researched, not all of these have been well tested. And I think that's what President Evans and President Williams were getting at in their speeches over the last couple of weeks is that now in a time where the economy is very healthy, uh, unemployment is at is at record lows, markets are doing uh, incredibly well, even wages uh, and uh, nominal income is gro- has been growing over the last year or two. And so in this time of a healthy economy, it's important that we do the research so that we're prepared for the next one. As always, I can be reached for comments, feedback, or questions on Twitter, or via my website, www.thebankstorpodcast.com. If you'd like to receive the show notes to every episode, the morning every episode is published, go to the website and sign up at the bottom of the homepage. This week, I'll include a summary list of policy tools that central banks may use in the next financial crisis, The list will also include a link to the Lending Facilities Summary Chart that I created for the website. Now, before we close out the episode, I want to say that Janet Yellen announced this week that she will be stepping down from the Board of Governors when her term as chair ends in February. This is a sad loss to the Centralverse. She was the most qualified of any Federal Reserve chair in its 100-year history and led the institution through one of the most successful economic expansions in the history of this country. On this Thanksgiving Day, we're grateful for your service, Chair Yellen, and wish you a delightful and well-deserved retirement. As a side note, I hope your life's memoir is not long in coming. (laughs) 
Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. Thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast.